Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we hear from our partners at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System and meet a new Beyond the Yellow Ribbon company here in Minnesota. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. In the National Guard, we place a high value on physical fitness, just as important as our physical well-being as our mental well-being. This month, we recognize mental health awareness. I want to bring attention to the concept of resiliency and what it means for our soldiers and airmen. Resiliency is about our ability to adjust to and recover from adversity. While serving in the National Guard, we juggle many responsibilities, from family commitments to our civilian careers, all while fulfilling our commitment to our nation's defense. At times, we can feel overwhelmed. It is a natural response to our fast-paced lives. If you are experiencing difficulties maintaining this balance, I want you to know that help is available and that asking for help is a sign of strength. Our psychological health coordinators offer confidential assistance. You can call them 24 hours a day at 651-282-4029. That's 651-282-4029. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to Minnesota Military Radio. Joining me now is Lisa Kilty, who is the Intimate Partner Violence Assistant Program Coordinator at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. She's been a social worker at the VA since 2008 and has been this coordinator since 2015. Lisa, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Hi, thanks for having me. Good to have you here in the studio this time. I think last time, because of the pandemic and other things, you called in from the VA. Appreciate your coming over to the radio station today. Yeah, this is good. I like it. Thanks. So can you uh, explain to me social work? Uh, you have this big, long letters in your in your title, but it's basically social worker at the VA, I understand. Right. How does one become a social worker? What kind of education do you need to learn how to help people? So, well, social work, it, it can be with a bachelor's degree. Um, at the VA, however, we do have to have master's degrees. So I, I have my master's of social work from St. Thomas and St. Kate's. It was a joint program. St. Catherine's a great school for women, isn't it? It is, yep. I've met a lot of nice ladies that went over there. That's a that's quite a facility here in the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. and the, and what an asset. I know. It was a good school. So you went to school, and you got your bachelor's and master's. How'd you end up at the VA? Well, I so I actually got my social work internship at the VA. I applied there. Uh, my dad is a veteran, and I just had a special interest in that population. So I applied to get an internship fell in love, and have not left since. So your dad was a veteran, but did you know what you were getting into? There's a lot of veterans out at the I did not. Yeah, I l- I've learned a lot since being employed there, that's for sure. So you started out there as a social worker uh, in 2008. And can you tell us kind of who were you working with, what were you doing? When I first started working there? Yes, ma'am. I was a social worker on the inpatient medical units and the outpatient uh, primary care clinics. So a little bit of everything, helping veterans with all kinds of concerns and issues they were struggling with, um, homelessness, um, housing in general, substance use. uh, And then with the inpatient units, it's a lot of discharge planning, getting them the services they need when they leave the hospital. So that means veterans might come out there for some medical care, and while they're talking to their primary care doctor, they've discovered some other issues. Exactly. They say, let's call Lisa. (laughs) We've got somebody that can help you. Well, and the rest of the primary care social work team, yes. Okay, yeah. so there's a they they really try to help 
the the entire veteran. Let's, yes. Let's get everything squared away so that you can take care of your health and have some fun. Yep, exactly. All right. And then uh, you changed jobs in 2015. Why? And, and how did you get into this? So well, this was pretty cool. The There was a new initiative uh, through the VA Nationwide for the Intimate Partner Violence Program. Uh, they were realizing there was a gap in services. Uh, there was not a specialized program for intimate partner violence. So every VA was encouraged to have a position, and Minneapolis was on the forefront of that. We had a position pretty early on, which I applied for. It allowed me to stay within the primary care um, line of service so that I could continue to offer care in the environment that a lot of veterans are already coming in for um, appointments and whatnot so we can catch people when they come in. Uh, it was it was just a really good opportunity to expand my my professional knowledge and reach a different segment of people that are coming to the VA. So that was a new initiative in uh, 2015, and mm-hmm. you, you volunteered for that. We're speaking with Lisa Kilty from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center on Minnesota Military Radio. Lisa, Intimate Partner Violence Assistant Program Coordinator. Sounds scary to me. I know. What attracted you to that? <laughs> What attracted me to that? That's a good question. I I felt like it was a good opportunity to help people that generally don't reach out for help. It can be a very stigmatizing um, situation to be in if you're being abused in your relationship or if you're using violence. It, it can be hard to reach out for help. So I thought it was a good opportunity to break down that stigma, get word out about the program, let people know that the VA cares about their veterans and their relationships, and we want to be able to help. Lisa, isn't there a wall there? Don't most veterans and their families think, you know, what happens at home stays at home, and let's go get your medical care, and it's nobody else's business. And How do you get past that? Yeah, it's been a process because there, there very much is that, you know, we don't talk we don't talk about what's going on at home, but we have um, very careful screening that we do at the VA to ask veterans how they are, you know, how their relationship is going and doing things like this, getting the word out that even if it hasn't escalated quite to violence yet, we have things in place for, for veterans and their partners if the relationship is maybe teetering a little bit. Maybe things aren't going well. Maybe there's a communication breakdown or there's some respect issues stress in the relationship. We have things in place that can help people before it escalates to violence. Now, Lisa, this is a good time to talk about this because I understand October is recognized as National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. Is that just kind of a big push to educate people and and veterans in particular that, you know, if there's some problems there, we can help. We're here to help. We know how to help. Yes. So every year, October is recognized as uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And then within the VA, we kind of have our own theme to honor that. And this year, our theme is Building Relationship Health and Safety for Life. So we want to let everybody know, let the veterans know that it's so important to have healthy relationships throughout the lifespan. And we're constantly working on relationships. I mean, anyone that's in a relationship knows that. It's a process. Like, you, you have to work at it. Um, and so we're we're trying to increase awareness that uh, we we want to be able to help. So I have to ask you, IPV, intimate partner violence. When you think about that, you think about physical violence, but it's much more than that, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. So IPV stands for intimate partner violence. 
Uh, RVA definition is any type of uh, physical, psychological, emotional, or sexual violence between a current or a former intimate partner. Uh, but a lot of people, like you said, only think of the physical violence when you hear a term like intimate partner violence or domestic violence. And it is not always that's not always included or that's not always present. So you could still be experiencing violence in your relationship, even if the physical violence isn't there. Uh, and a lot of times people don't recognize the psychological abuse as a form of violence. So it could be something as simple as raising your voice or, yes. or calling them a you fool or calling them a name of some kind. Right. And, and over a period of time, I'm sure that takes a toll on the, on the caregiver and the partner. It, it certainly does. And it, it can be even, I mean, it's very mentally damaging if you're constantly in that environment of high stress. Now, is it a situation sometimes where the veteran maybe has other issues and they don't even realize they're, they're being naughty? Oh, almost all the time, yes. There are, there are so many factors that can play out in the relationship that people usually aren't even aware of. Um, prior traumatic histories is a, a major issue in a lot of conflict-ridden relationships where People have experienced something in their past, and it's changed them. It's changed how they view the world and how they handle conflict. So, of course, their partner would be, you know, the recipient of some of that. So this could be rooted in PTSD from serving in war zone. And they, yep. they maybe don't even realize exactly that they're acting up and, and making things difficult. Right. Well, I think the important thing is uh, you've been doing this since 2015. Help is available, right? Help is available. Yeah, we have... Well, my program is at the VA, the Intimate Partner Violence Assistance Program. Every VA has a coordinator at their facility that serves as the subject matter expert, a consultant, and the point of contact for anything related to IPV. Lisa, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Intimate Partner Violence Assistance Program at the Minneapolis VA. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Lisa Kilty, who is the Intimate Partner Violence Assistant Program Coordinator at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. She's been a social worker at the VA since 2008 and has been the coordinator of this program since 2015. And, and Lisa, I think we need to talk a little bit more IPV, Intimate Partner Violence. Uh, what is that? What forms can it take? And, and we established, I think, in the first segment, it's not just hitting someone or physical violence. It, it can be much more and it can be it can be subtle and, mm-hmm. and maybe people don't even realize it. Yeah, that's that's true. So obviously people are pretty well aware of physical violence. You know what that is, any injury to the body. But it can also include things, IPV can also include things like um, name calling, yelling, intimidation, threats. Uh, a lot of times we see some of those pop up during conflicts that partners are having where when there's a problem, then things go really off the rails and gets too serious, right? Where somebody's being emotionally hurt. Uh, the other important thing to remember is IPV doesn't discriminate. It can happen to anybody. Uh, a lot of times people will say it'll never happen to me, but it really could happen to everybody. So um, that's also important to keep in mind. Lisa, I can recall seeing a, a member of the, the greatest generation, World War II generation, where as they aged, the the male who was who was veteran of the foreign war uh, probably didn't realize it, but whenever he said something, uh, his wife, his his partner, jumped and ran. Mm-hmm. 
but it was a longstanding part of the relationship. He was he was the alpha, if yeah. you will, and and uh, she was so used to it. I don't think she even realized it either. But to the observer, it's offsetting. I mean, it, it's just it it doesn't mm-hmm. look right. That's not today's society, right? And it has been. It- I'm I'm very excited that you brought that up because a lot of our older veterans do end up coming to my program. You kind of think, you know, this is their way of life. It's hard to change after 40, 50 years of marriage. Old dogs don't change. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but they, they do come in and they're open to change. And we've had good success with um, some of our older couples that have come through the program. At least I'm thinking that uh, I, I, I get my health care out at the VA and I see these guys out there and there's some beat up old guys coming out the VA that you're that everybody out there is so nice to and taken care of. But I'm I'm thinking that as they age, as their medical problems build, as things get tougher and tougher, and and maybe they're isolated at home with their partner, mm-hmm. uh, they get frustrated, they get depressed, they get down, maybe have some PTSD, and then the friction starts, and 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 it's and it's all a all reaction to. I can't control my life anymore. I can't yeah. control my health anymore. And I don't mean to be a bad person to my partner, but this is how it comes out. Right. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it is. And you, when you add caregiving into a relationship, that adds a lot of stress anyway. It's a role changes. It's it's just not how they've been living their life so far. So when you add in the caregiving, the failing health, it adds so much stress that there can be uh, definitely more conflict that happens. Uh, you have some tools out at the Minneapolis VA Medical Center because you've got the adult daycare that gives mm-hmm. a caregiver maybe a time off to go to a medical appointment or go shopping. Right. And then you've got some caregiver support programs right. to provide direct support to those caregivers because when things start going downhill for the veteran like that, the caregiver's working overtime to take care of things. that The caregivers need to know you can help them too. Right. And I'm sure many are familiar with the caregiver support program at the VA uh, I do partner with them quite a bit to make sure that our veterans and the partners of veterans. So that's another thing to, that's important to note. You don't have to be a veteran to access services about the relationship. So if you are a partner of a veteran, not a veteran yourself, you can still reach out for some help from, from the Minneapolis VA regarding your relationship. Now, is there a variety of resources or services that you can, that you can provide? Yeah, there are. So a lot of VA providers are very trained in being able to counsel veterans and their partners on healthy relationships and, you know, get them the support they need. We have things like couples therapy, um, individual therapy, if, if you know, if trauma's at the root of it, just getting them matched up with the appropriate therapy. And then under the Intimate Partner Violence Assistance Program, some of the clinical services are around safety planning, connecting with resources, um, working with the veteran on what their goals are. So whether that's improving the relationship or leaving the relationship, that's up to them, and we'll, I'll help them with that. We also have some uh, therapy services under the Intimate Partner Violence Program. We have the RISE therapy, which is recovering from IPV through strengths and empowerment. That's a short-term individual therapy for people who have been experiencing violence. And then we have a very robust, phenomenal program called Strength at Home, which is a group therapy for veterans who have been aggressive or abusive or just have excessive anger within their relationship. Um, We have had that program in place since 2016 at the Minneapolis VA, um, nearly 
400 veterans have come through it. We get very positive reviews. Uh, people find it really helpful. So we have a veteran track for that. And then just in the last year or so, we've added a couples track. So the veteran could bring their partner with them to group. We're speaking with Lisa Kilty about the Intimate Partner Violence Assistance Program at the, at the Minneapolis VA on Minnesota Military Radio. So for our veterans out there that are listening, if you're mad, if you're angry, if you're having medical issues and you're being a little too cranky, Call a VA, get in and see Lisa. They can help you settle down. I'm sure you don't want to be mad or naughty with your partner. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if you're being worse than that, call her today so we can get you in there and get this squared away. Now, reaching out to them or veterans reaching out, is it the veteran that calls you? Is it the partner that calls you? Is it the family that maybe is observing? This is kind of going downhill and getting worse and worse. Right. So the the population that the Intimate Partner Violence Program serves is veterans, uh, veteran partners, caregivers and families, and VA employees who are using violence or experiencing violence. So literally anybody that's connected with the VA can reach out for some help around this. Uh, If a family, and I have had this where a family member has had concern, usually like maybe an adult child or something has concerns, And they'll reach out to me and I can help give them some tools and suggestions on how to approach that situation with their parents. Um, So, yes, any of those people can reach out for help. Now, Lisa, I'm thinking some of those family members want to do something, but they're a little little hesitant about saying anything. But it would seem to me they have to think about it in terms of suicide prevention. If you don't say something, if you don't do something, something terrible might happen. And then you're going to really feel bad that you didn't reach out. So if you see something, you see some kind of change, reach out. Right. You can show them how to help them, and you can get them in. And and you told me before we went on the air, when they come to see you, you're not placing blame anywhere. You're yeah. just trying to find out what's going on and how can we help you. Right. That's such a – thanks for bringing that up because there is, like I said, some stigma around this. People feel embarrassed or ashamed. Um, you said earlier nobody – really means they don't want to be hurting their partners. We hope not. Right. And most people, that is not that is not the, the case. They have all these other things going on. They don't know how to manage their anger or handle conflict. And they do almost always feel remorse about how things have gone in their relationship. So, yes, coming to me or coming to anyone at the VA about your relationship uh, health is non-judgmental. No one's going to be judging or criticizing you for what's been going on. We just want to be able to offer services. So let's improve the situation. Let's behave. Right. Let's stay, let's be nice to each other and and the rest of it will take care of itself. Exactly. Lisa, we're just about out of time. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Uh, just like I said, know that we're available. So if you are wanting to Get connected with uh, somebody about your relationship. You can start by contacting your primary care team or your mental health provider. Uh, You can do that by phone or we have secure messaging as well. If it's unsafe to make phone calls, you can do that through My Healthy Vet. Uh, You can access the Intimate Partner Violence Assistance Program um, by the website. And the best way to do that is Google VA Intimate Partner Violence and you can get uh, information on all the things we provide. Or just call the main number and say, right. I'm connect having you. problems, yeah. connect me to somebody that can help. Exactly. Take care yep. of that. 
Lisa, it's been a pleasure to have you in the studio this time instead of on the phone. And uh, thanks for all the great work you're doing out there for our veterans and their families. Awesome. Thank you for having me. There's Lisa Kilty, who is the Intimate Partner Violence Assistant Program Coordinator for the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. Uh, please stay with us. This is Minnesota Military Radio. When we come back, we're going to meet a new Beyond the Yellow Ribbon company here in Minnesota. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. In a moment, we're going to meet a new Beyond the Yellow Ribbon company here in Minnesota. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. The Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs offers support and customer service seven days a week to Minnesota's veterans and their families. LinkVet is Minnesota's one-stop shop that offers immediate answers with one-on-one assistance for all veteran-related questions and needs. You can also visit minnesotaveteran.org to chat with a VetLink representative or to search our large question-and-answer database. Call 1-888-LINKVET. Almost any veteran issue or question you have can be addressed by the professional LinkVet staff. By contacting one eight 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 link vet. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. As I said at the opening, we're going to meet a new Beyond the Yellow Ribbon company today, and it's Tokyo Electron Limited, which really is Tell Manufacturing and Engineering of America. And joining us is Mark Doherty, the President and General Manager, and Josh Sanbo, Global Technical Support Manager. Gentlemen, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Tom. Mark, I want to start with you. Uh, Tell me about Tokyo Electron Limited. Well, as the name would imply, it's a Japanese company, actually, based in Japan. We're part of the U.S. subsidiary. Here in Minnesota, what we do is we operate the U.S. manufacturing arm. And uh, we build what we call silicon processing equipment. So companies around the world that make all the chips that go into our phones and TVs and everything else – they buy equipment from us that they use to manufacture those chips. And we need you to sell a lot of equipment so we can make those chips here at home. We need to have those chips here in the U.S., and we need to have them so we can get our cars and everything else we need. There, we'll get Josh moving on that as soon as we get out of here today. It's a good I plan. I understand you're a transplant to Minnesota. You come from New York. That's correct. I'm from upstate New York originally and uh, spent uh, the bulk of my 50-plus years uh, on the East Coast. Well, welcome to Minnesota. And- I hope your company does a great job so that we can get self-sufficient on those chips. And, uh, Josh, I understand you served in the military. Uh, yes, sir. I was in the uh, United States Marine Corps for five years. And what did you do in the Marines? I was uh, aviation electronics on uh, CH-46 helicopters. All right. Well, congratulations on serving in the Marines. And, and I warn you, this is a family show, so we gotta we got to behave today. I'll keep it clean. All right. Can you tell me uh, what's your position with uh, – Tokyo Electric. Do you, you guys refer to yourself as Tell or Tell? Tell, yes. That'll be um, easier for an old guy like me. What do you do at Tell? So at Tell, uh, as you had alluded to earlier, global technical support uh, manager. I have a host of folks that we are the conduit for our folks in the field globally to get support on our equipment. So we're technical support slash service. We're helping our customers fix their equipment that we sell. And, Mark, I understand that uh, when you got to Minnesota, you saw something that referred to Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and, and you were asking people, like, Josh, what's that all about? Yeah, that's right. So it's very noticeable as you drive around in the area here from town to town, and you see this uh, yellow ribbon logo uh, around the state uh, uh, shape on the map. And I said, well, that's kind of curious. What is that? I've never seen anything like that before. And uh, started asking our team about engagement with the military and what is this thing. 
And uh, about a year ago, that set us down the path of pursuing our certification as a Beyond the Yellow Ribbon company. And Josh, uh, pretty important to have the boss on the same team with you saying, let's go check this out and become Yellow Ribbon. Absolutely. It was very inspirational to have uh, a new leader come in to the company, see this and initiate this this event. And we just did our proclamation ceremony here recently, which was outstanding. And there's a number of veterans on the committee, but also non-veterans. And it really brought a team together to sponsor and see this through. Now, do you currently employ a lot of veterans over there? We do have a fair number of veterans. Um, we did speak to the percentage, Mark, if you can help me, what percentage we have. Yeah, so overall, uh, tell us actually, we have uh, over 10% of our workforce. Uh, it comes out of the military background. Uh, we're actually uh, probably at or a little bit above that here in our Minnesota operations, and uh, thankfully that number and percentage is growing almost every day. And, Mark, when you became a Yellow Ribbon company, you, you made a commitment to hire more veterans. That's correct. We've had a long legacy of doing that. Um, actually, uh, going back uh, many, many years, our U.S. chairman actually is a West Point graduate himself. And uh, we, we just see the benefit, um, you know, to those military members as well as ourselves, um, you know, alignment to uh, execution, uh, understanding what needs to be done, finding a path. Um, it's uh, it's really just the best possible solution uh, for us. So we're just very, very, very happy always to add another uh, veteran member to our staff. Talking about a new yellow ribbon company in Minnesota, Tokyo Electron Limited on Minnesota Military Radio. And uh, Josh, I want to come back to you. Uh, when you've got the chairman who's from West Point and you've got this gentleman from New York and, and they're saying, let's go do this, uh, must have been a fairly easy undertaking, although it takes time to become yellow ribbon. How did that go? You were working with Annette Kuyper. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's a great advocate. I know she's moved on to a different career path, but she was an inspiration as well. And having that backing, that leadership that supports that really jump-started it. And we turned this around in a relatively quick time frame. Uh, and that was coming from Annette as well. So it was inspirational, and, and it makes you feel about, you know, like you're part of something bigger and grander, helping those veterans that, that we all want to support. And, Mark, when you started becoming Yellow Ribbon, did some of your veterans within your organization raise their hands and say, I want to help? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we started messaging to our team uh, in all employee meetings that this was an intention that we had and uh, kind of recruiting, uh, it's it's been really great to see, you know, people jump on board to be part of our steering committee. Uh, and then as we have planned and executed different activities, supporting the community and so on, it's just con continuing to kind of build uh, interest. And I think as Josh alluded to, um, it's just uh, another source of, uh, of pride for us as employees of TEL to be able to participate in the community in a way like this. Very good. I know you were just uh, proclaimed recently, but as part as a part of the Yellow Ribbon uh, Company program, uh, there's uh, usually a couple of gatherings per year where other Yellow Ribbon companies come together and exchange best practices and talk about how being Yellow Ribbon has benefited their companies. Have you had a chance to go to any of those yet? Yeah, we have actually. Um, as we started our certification effort last year, uh, Annette invited us to come and participate in the fall conference, which was really a great uh, kickstart for us. So I was able to join that uh, myself, who was hosted by the Minnesota Wild. Uh, then back in the spring, myself and a couple of our other staff members joined. Uh, and then actually coming up here in just a, a few weeks is the fall conference. So we'll have, uh, I think, multiple participants there as well. So we're still learning uh, from other companies, but also now having an opportunity to share uh, some of the things that we're doing as well. Well, Mark, it's a, it's a big community, the Twin Cities. A lot of people live here. But when it comes to these gatherings of yellow ribbon companies, 
really small town. There's a, there's a lot of people that have the same heart, have the same attitude, want to help veterans, want to hire veterans, want to take care of their families, those kind of things. And and uh, I've been to some of those gatherings. They're pretty they're pretty uh, emotional and, and pretty involved in trying to do the best they can. Yeah, absolutely. It really shines through. And I think, uh, you know, again, for me being relatively new to the area here, it's been a very welcoming network. And Josh, uh, I don't know if you've gone to any of those, but uh, have you been able to reach out to some of the Yellow Ribbon cities and and participate in some of their events to try to to help support uh, our veterans and their and their families? I've not been to the conference. However, what this initiated was me looking locally because I live about an hour away from the office, and actually our local town is beyond the Yellow Ribbon City. So I participate on that committee. And we've done a few things there. So it did inspire me to also look local to where I physically live right now. Not only that, but participate in what we are doing at uh, Tell. And those local communities that are yellow ribbon do things like mowing the lawn. If there's a if there's a, one of the spouses deployed, maybe shovel some snow. Maybe something as simple as, as going and see the, the spouse that's here and, and having coffee and cookies, those kind of things. But that kind of support at the grassroots level. Pretty important in your community, isn't it? Absolutely. This spring, we had a youth event for children of veterans and military-associated folks. So that was one of the events that we hosted early this fall, or early spring in April. So that gives you an opportunity to go talk to Mark and say, we've got an event over here I want to support. <laughs> How's your budget look, Mark? Are you ready for those kind of discussions? Well, I, our perspective is we just want to hear the ideas and what the opportunities are, frankly. And, uh, you know, we have a, a great spirit of volunteering at Tell, And uh, from our perspective, you know, more is always better. Very good. Gentlemen, we have to take a short break. When we talk, come back, we're going to talk more about the uh, newest uh, yellow ribbon company in Minnesota, Tokyo Electron Limited, that they refer to as Tell. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Tokyo Electron Limited, referred to as TEL, and Mark Doherty, who's president general manager, and Josh Sanbo, who's a Marine, and the global technical support manager. Uh, once a Marine, always a Marine, right? Josh? That's right. You can't. You just can't turn it down, but no. <laughs> you're behaving pretty well today. You, well, must, not have, you. must not have brought those red crayons or any of that stuff. Yellow today only. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark? You've got to have Marines on staff or you don't have any fun. Well, that's true. You know, we've got a great uh, great mix of, of veterans as part of the staff. You know, Josh has really stood out as well, and uh, it's been uh, awesome to see them interacting and be part of this whole effort. Just got to have a Marine around to pick on, and they love it, so it's okay. That seems to be the trend. <laughs> now, you were just proclaimed as Yellow Ribbon, and you went through about a year to become Yellow Ribbon. Uh, was it worth the effort? How's it feel so far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you as you referenced, a lot of work to go through the whole process, and uh, but also very rewarding. I think seeing the uh, the certification as a milestone along the way um, was uh, you know at one point it seemed like it was really far off, then it became you know closer and closer. Huge moment of pride and day of pride uh, to have the ceremony and all the representatives there and so on. And and I think our whole team recognizes that this is just an indicator of what's to come. You know, so now we're part of this uh, broader community in the state of Minnesota and uh, very much looking forward to everything that we'll be able to contribute. And there's well over 70 companies. There are yellow ribbon companies here in Minnesota, common names, 3M, Cargill, U.S. Bank. Uh, you're joining uh, quite a group of companies. And if you don't, if you haven't seen it already, you'll, you'll realize once you get to these gatherings that you know a lot of those people already. 
and you have a common interest, which is to support our troops, support our veterans, and support those, their families. And I know you didn't serve, but a lot of a lot of your people do. And uh, for me, it seems like it feels pretty good. It's a it's a great thing to do. Absolutely, and uh, it's it's just uh, you know it's a feeling of almost like a a family feeling, I guess I would say. Everybody kind of having a common interest, a common purpose, and uh, just coming together to help in whatever way we can. Now, Josh, got to be feel good that it becoming Yellow Ribbon, the company made a commitment to hire more veterans. Absolutely. Very prideful. And that gives you a chance to get some other Marines and some other Navy and so forth in the door. Absolutely. And the big thing that uh, I think we've learned today that you've got to do is get more of your equipment out there so we can make more chips here in the United States so we don't have to rely on people in other countries to make those chips. Here and afar. Yes, here. I agree. Well, I hope We support got, them all. Hope you guys sell a lot of equipment so that we can keep that work at home. Mark, you're, you're smiling and laughing. You're on board with that. S- selling more equipment, I'm always up for that. <laughs> all right. We've got to do that. Um Josh, you said you live in a community that is a yellow ribbon community. Does that give you an opportunity to, to participate there and learn what they're doing and bring back some ideas to the company and say, here's here's some new ideas. Can we do some of this? Yes, absolutely. Both what I can take from what we're doing at Tell and bring it to the smaller community and vice versa. It is a smaller community, so it's it's more focused for the area. Um, it is a lessons learned on both ends. So just to be able to be part of it, and help facilitate and bring ideas back and forth. There again, it's it's another you know feather in the hat to be able to say, okay, we're down this path. We're pro- we're you know the proclamation ceremony, but the work's just begun. Actually, in the smaller community, it's probably easier to identify the military families and and then kind of quietly and nicely say, is there anything we can do to help? Absolutely. They're proud families. They don't want to ask for help. That's true. So that's that's the big blocking point there. But absolutely, somehow I think a Marine can get past that. We'll get through it. Mark, you've gone through this process now to become Yellow Ribbon, and congratulations. What would you say to uh, listeners that own companies in the Twin Cities or anywhere here in Minnesota that might be thinking about becoming Yellow Ribbon? I would just strongly encourage them to, to, to jump in and start the process. Um you know, there, there's a benefit certainly to the, to the company being part of the broader network. Um, a, a large part of the process is how are you engaging in supporting uh, military-affiliated employees and families? Um, so there's a benefit there. Uh, but uh, really just I think the connectedness um, within the communities that we are a part of. So even for us based in Chaska, um, the level of connectedness now that we have in Carver County uh, just from going through this process compared to what we've had greater awareness of uh, needs and opportunities has is, is just been fantastic. So I, I couldn't recommend more strongly to anybody to to become a part of the network. Now, one last big question for you, Mark. Are you hiring? We are, actually. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think most people know uh, right now in the local area and in the U.S. as a whole, a lot of challenges uh, with the workforce. And uh, so our, our business is growing. Uh, we see uh, the veteran community as a as a great source, not just the veteran community, but certainly that's a great source. Um, and uh, so I would encourage anybody listening to go on to tell.com and you'll see positions that they should be considering. So your website is www.tel.com. That's correct. And they're hiring. And for all you veterans out there, get on that company, help them sell equipment so we can get self-sufficient on chips. Gentlemen, it's been a real pleasure having you both in the in the studio today. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. That was John or Mark Doherty and uh, Josh Sanbo from Tell Tokyo Electron Limited 
on Minnesota Military Radio. Joining me now is the Senior Enlisted Advisor to the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper. Sergeant Major, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Hey, good afternoon, Tom. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Well, I'm glad we could catch you. You're traveling again today. Uh, but I know you wanted to tell us about a new app that's available for the Minnesota National Guard. Absolutely. We're very excited. Um, one of the things that we've heard loud and clear from our uh, junior enlisted cohort is that uh, we need to do better in communicating. So one of the things that we've rolled out and uh, they did a phenomenal job with is uh, a Minnesota National Guard app that's available both on Google and on the Apple um, store. So if they're in this, interested in downloading it, just um, search Minnesota National Guard. It should pop up in there. And uh, it's made by a company called Straxis, so you can see at the bottom it'll say Straxis if you're confused on which app to download. But it's a one-stop shop for pretty much all of our Sharp, EO, Chaplain, Family Resources, Troop Resources, et cetera. And we're just going to keep on adding different functionality to it. So it's a great app for soldiers and family members, and we're even going to roll it out to the FRGs at some point. We'll let everybody keep up to date on what's going on. Absolutely. We're trying to do as best we can to communicate and make sure everyone uh, you know, throughout the state is on the same page. Sergeant Major, I understand that there's something referred to as a Croatia Command Senior Enlisted Leader course coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So we have two uh, two individuals that are currently attending it. That's uh, Chief Nicotin from up at the 148th. And uh, the 34th Infantry Division's Command Sergeant Major Whitehead are both attending the course. It's a two-week course instructed in um, Zagreb, Croatia, and the whole intent is that it, it provides the senior enlisted leaders in the Adriatic region, which includes Albania, Croatia, North Macedonia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, and uh, Montenegro, gives them the opportunity to come together and have like a commonality with what they're doing with their senior enlisted uh, professional military education. Are you doing a little instructing course. there? Yep. So myself and uh, Chief Erickson will both be uh, going over to Croatia this weekend and we're going to be instructors for the course for the next week. So it's just a great opportunity to, you know, further our relationship with those countries and especially with Croatia. Very good, sir. And I understand there was an Army Best Squad competition recently. Yeah, it was uh, It was very, very interesting. This first year that they've actually executed it, it was conducted down at Fort Bragg. Um, it was a drawdown from, I believe, about 16 teams. And out of those 16 teams, there were four selected to move forward to uh, the National Capital Region, which the Army National Guard um, squad was one of them. And with that, there's our own uh, specialist, MISCA. Um, the, Army, uh, the Army National Guard team did not win. However, I'm happy to report that uh, Specialist MISCA was able to beat the Sergeant Major of the Army in uh, the Army 10-miler, which is no small feat as uh, he ran it in 72 minutes, and I think the SMA ran it in uh, 75, so pretty fast. Did you run in that 10-miler? I did. I did not beat either of them. I, I think I finished in like an hour, 43 minutes, but uh, at least I finished, so I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, I would think finishing is a great thing. I could probably walk 10 miles, Sergeant Major, but I'm not going to run it. Uh, it's a great, and it's a beautiful, it's one of the most beautiful runs in America. Sergeant Major, I understand your recruiters are fired up and, and ready to go. They are. You know, we, we had a tough or kind of challenging environment the last couple of years. And everything they've done is just built into that resiliency and their, uh, you know, what we call them TTPs, techniques, uh, tactics, and procedures. They've just gotten that much better, and they're just excited to get out there and uh, get after it. And the adjutant general and I actually went to a couple of the, the metro offices to kind of meet with the recruiters and, you know, just get some feedback. And absolutely just phenomenal 
group of soldiers that we got that are getting after it. So real excited for them. So the Minnesota National Guard still looking for a few good soldiers and airmen. Absolutely. We, if, if there's anybody that's interested, we are very interested in talking with them. Um, you know, and last year I think we paid out just as a little side note, we paid out over seven point five million dollars in state tuition assistance for soldiers and airmen to attend or soldiers to attend uh, state colleges. Uh, and, well, colleges within the state. Over. Sergeant Major, we're looking forward to having you uh, in the studio with the Command Chief Master Sergeant Lisa Erickson. Uh, on November 3rd, and we're going to talk about a change of responsibility. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, when you when you go into a position, you find out that sooner and later you have to come out of it, and um, I'm coming up on three years. The Adjutant General selected my replacement, who's going to be Command Chief uh, Lisa Erickson, so very excited for her. She'll be coming in uh, with me and, you know, be able to speak with you, and then on the 10th of November, we're actually having the ceremony, so it's it's getting close. Sergeant Major, it's been a pleasure talking to you for the last three years. I'm looking forward to seeing you on uh, November 3rd, and I want to thank you for joining us uh, today. You bet. Thank you for letting me have the opportunity to discuss, you know, uh, all the great things our soldiers and airmen are doing within the state. My pleasure, sir. That was uh, the State Command Sergeant Major for the Minnesota National Guard, Brian Soper, on Minnesota Military Radio. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Lisa Kilty from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System, Mark Doherty and Josh Sambo from Tokyo Electron Limited, Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper, Commissioner Larry Herkey, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we get an update from the Minnesota National Guard and hear how Minnesota continues to take care of our veterans. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.